Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. 11 to 1 on LMFM. LMFM. She first burst onto our screens in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, personifying the role of Luna Lovegood so well, people often say she didn't play the role of Luna, she is Luna. But fans will see her in a new light as she has written a memoir detailing an extremely difficult time in her life, her battle with an eating disorder. This book is as much about this dark time in her life as it is about the pain of growing up. But it's also a story about hope, about how to conquer self-hate and plucking up the courage to venture into the unknown. It's called The Opposite of Butterfly Hunting, The Tragedy and the Glory of Growing Up. Author, actress and activist Ivana Lynch joins me on the line to tell us more. Ivana, you're so welcome to 11 to 1. How are you getting on? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you. I'm I'm about halfway through the book at this stage. I got my hands on it on Monday and can I just say I've bawled crying, I've laughed, I've gotten angry. I don't think I've experienced such a roller coaster of emotion in, in the pages of a book, but I can only imagine what it must have been like for you writing this. Was it all of this? Was it all of these emotions coming back to the fore and was it a difficult decision to, to put the pen to paper, so to speak? Yeah, um, well, I am an emotional person, that's just the way. And I think I, I probably write like an actor, like I write with uh, feelings at the forefront, characters like people. I'm not so strong on plot, so it kind of was fine for this book because it was all already written, really. Um, but no, I really did want to write it. I mean, I had resistance to it because it was just like, you know, there, there's all these thoughts you have before you start to write, oh, who'll be bothered to read this? Or, oh, is there a book in this? You know, I was quite clear on the early chapters of the book, but the ending is, it's hard, the ending for a memoir when when you're not anywhere close to death, because it's like, oh, my life is still going. It hasn't, the ending really hasn't been written. Um, and I, it, to know where to end it was strange. But I, you know, it's been building up inside me for years. I And I kind of felt like, I couldn't fully move on from talking about this or I couldn't move on to other creative writing projects until I got this one down. So it was quite a relief to finally do that. 
Yeah, and I think it's really important, uh, not just for you as part of the healing process of everything that you've gone through, but also for your fans, because really fans of yours are going to see you in a really different way, which is probably nerve wracking and a bit of relief all rolled into one, I'd imagine. Yeah, definitely. Like, I mean, there's there's both. There's Part of me wants to just stay a bit more private and hidden. Um, but there's also been a huge frustration that people only see me this one way, that they see me as this sweet, carefree character, you know, and it's like, that's not the truth of who I am. And, and it, it felt like, it felt like I wanted to have, you know, deeper conversations and deeper connections with people. Um, and and just to, to be a bit more real, you know, to relate yeah. to people. And that's what's been lovely about having the book out there. I've already got lots of messages from young girls saying like, oh, I feel like you're writing my story and I, that's what I want. I want to connect with people. So, um, yeah, but there was definitely anxiety and like, you know, the whole family reading it. Oh, that's a bit crazy. <laughs> like, I, I sort of wrote it for people of my demographic in mind and then my yeah. dad is sending it to his sisters and it's like, oh God, what have I done? So, yeah, mixed feelings. <laughs> well, I was going to ask you about your, your family reading it and, you know, because obviously you will know that your dad was my vice principal in our school here yeah, in the yeah. local area. So, you know, for me, yeah. like there's passages where, where you write about him and it's like, oh my God, he comes to life so much in, oh, in the pages <laughs> of the book and it's like, you know, I'm all, I'm thinking, my God, you know, we probably gave him such a hard time in school and he was going through all of this at home and Jesus we should have cut him some slack a little bit but um, I, I imagine because like your dad reading anything about your life was going to be that oh kind of thing so this you know but I imagine he is I've no doubt he is incredibly proud because this is such a brave thing to do Oh thank you um, yeah he is proud he is he, you know what though it's funny like his portrayal he he keeps saying, you portrayed me as a right culty. And I'm like, but you are a culty. <laughs> <laughs> I pointed out things like, oh, he wasn't that big into brushing his teeth. And I was like, yeah, but you don't brush your teeth. So <laughs> it's funny how people react. But no, he is, he's really proud. And um, his notes, my family were all incredibly generous with, because it is sharing private personal yeah. details. And, you know, they're not in the public eye. They didn't ask to be. But um, they, they've all kind of got the bigger picture, what it's for. And yeah, dad, dad was great. And he, he, I mean, his main notes were grammar notes. He gave me all these grammar notes. I was like, do you not think I have an editor? <laughs> Don't worry about <laughs> That's this. the teacher in him coming um, out, you see, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, couldn't help it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. he shouldn't have worried because the writing is beautiful. And this is something that struck me as I'm, I'm reading along. And maybe that's because I'm only halfway through at this point. I have marked uh, passages to, to reread because they are beautifully written. And there's one part oh, but particularly that struck me. Um, so this is before you go to hospital and you agree to eat an apple for your mum. And up until this, readers will know that your mum loves to bake and she gets delighted of feeding people sweet treats, which you refuse. But the way you write about how she cuts the apple lovingly into slices that are like petals of a flower, I think that's where I started to sob. It's just so <laughs> poignant and, and the writing is just so beautiful. I mean, is this something you've alluded to it there at the start? Is this something that you hope to continue? Please say you have another book in you oh that's so nice oh it's so lovely to get that feedback yeah I, I definitely want to continue writing like I I think I'm done with non-fiction now I think I'd like to write fiction and um yeah give my family a break um, <laughs> but yeah th- like this book was to me it was I always wanted to write but this book was like the low-hanging fruit you know yeah. it, I, I knew this story I knew what I needed to say about it and um yeah hopefully 
now it's given it's given me a bit of confidence in my writing abilities, and I can I can go on to something else. Oh, yeah. definitely. I, I I really think you should. Um, and you know, I've learned so much as well about the mindset of someone in the throes of an eating disorder than I ever had before reading this. And I think I was struck by how strong you were. I mean, on the outside to to people like us looking at the person, it's like you've given up and you're weak. But in fact, there's mm-hmm. a fierce battle going on in the mindset, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. There's a real steeliness to it, and and a and a relentless drive and ambition, and that's the thing. Like those are all things that you know. I'm trying to make the case in the book that you, you, those parts don't go away. Mm. Um, it's just about managing them and, and channeling that energy into something creative rather than destructive. Um, but but yeah, I do. Like I just, I mean, over my time in hospital in in clinic, I just met so many young people struggling with the same condition who they were so sensitive and creative and they just a lot of the time people who are too kind of kind of too sensitive for the world they just don't know how to manage it they don't they don't know how and they and and rather than feeling it and and using that for you know their talents their dreams they they use it to self-destruct and 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 they kind of they and they also try and numb themselves because they don't want to feel this sensitive and this fragile um, and that's what you sort of are. They really, really numb you. They really just take away all your feelings and all your, um, just the, all your vulnerabilities, I think. Uh, mm. So, yeah, that, that's what that is. And, and like, yeah. you know, there are times, and this is the angry part of me in, in, when I'm reading this, that I feel yeah. that the medical professions let you down. Like, I feel there was more focus placed on feeding you and repairing the body, which I get, rather than focusing on what was going on in the mind, except for that wonderful lady that you met, who I think mm-hmm. would probably be at home in a Harry Potter book herself. Um, the Natasha. Lovely, yeah, Natasha, yeah. Um, but did you kind of feel like, you know, I suppose even reflecting now and writing it now that, my God, God, you know, they weren't getting to the root of the problem. They weren't getting the, to the root of the, the self-loathing. Yeah, like I was very angry at the time. Now I have more perspective on it and I, I do really see that they were doing their best. It, so, it, you know, it's not, I don't want to vilify anyone. I don't, yeah. it's not pointing to one person. Thing. I think they just didn't understand it. And I was young and I was you know, ill. And so people just, People work from their fear. They freak out and they just want to get you to help, physical health as quickly as possible, kind of ignoring the fact that the physical health wasn't, wasn't what started it. Um, but I think it's more a problem with, I mean, for one thing, there isn't enough research and funding put into eating disorders. Like yeah. it, it isn't a matter of just feeding someone and sending them on their way. It has to be deeper work. It has to, you have to give it more time. Um, but, but also it's, it, it's this allopathic, model of of treating the symptoms to cure the illness and and um it that's fine if you've broken your arm or something but it, it really just doesn't work for um for mental illnesses yeah. there there's you have to go to the depth so i think you have to do both you can't just ignore um treating the physical body because it does get to a stage where it's, it's quite urgent you know and, and that the person's health is very fragile but i think you have to do both and i, I just don't like the approach of kind of treating the mental health as an afterthought and, mm. and saying we'll get to that later I, I just don't think it works like that so you know and I, I'm not presenting answers in this book no so not at all this is very much your story yeah yeah my personal story and, and I'm I'm not in the medical field I, I don't know how hard it is and um, I, I, I'm not an expert on, on this I suppose I just wrote the, you know I wrote this book to kind of so 
say, here's the other side of it. Here's mm. how it felt going through it. And, and maybe it will hopefully trigger some discussions or just deep thought on how to treat them in a more in a more effective and a more gentle, compassionate way. Because it was quite harsh. I, I didn't, oh, I didn't it really it is. <laughs> really is harsh. I mean, I'm in the middle of, you know, peaceful pastures. Let's just put it on. That's the point yeah, I'm at yeah. here at, the, at, the, at this stage in my reading. Um, but, you know, not to reveal, I suppose, too much about the book, but what was the turning point for you? Like, was there a eureka light bulb moment where you thought, I can't keep doing this to myself? What was the catalyst for change? Yeah, I don't think there were there was one moment. I think there were just lots of little moments, light bulbs. Like, and it was always um, creative, brave, daring women in my life. Like, you know... Yeah. Uh, so yeah, one aspect was writing to J.K. Rowling, having that connection. Uh, one was meeting Natasha and working with her and seeing how incredible she was, like how, um, how, well, how talented, how much she helped people, how much she changed the world around her. Um, and that's what the end of the book is, like kind of showing all these, all these brilliant women who could have, and maybe for a while did, channel their sensitivity and creativity into self-destruction mm. uh, into numbing and, and then didn't and I think it was just every time I met those those women or encountered them my cousin would be another one just a very creative person uh, when I met those people I just felt like I am wasting my life what am I doing and this is such a lonely and self-centered way to live and and I suppose I just started to want more and just slightly believe that I could contribute more I could be like them um, so you know these, I really do feel like you change people by your example and, and all those women being examples to me of, of what you could do if you pursued a creative path. It was, yeah, it was, it was, that was the thing that helped me, but there wasn't one moment. There was just yeah. many, many times like that, that I, I had a sense of how weird and a sense of like surrealism, almost like absurdity. What am I doing? And, um, yeah, those, that, they, they kind of led the lighted path out of the darkness. I love that and, and, and I love that it's a connection to, to other women and that's something that I felt through, through, through reading this as well uh, Life is good for you now but if there was a chance that you could go back in time and have a chat with your younger self the Ivana who is crying in peaceful pastures or uh, you Aww. know starting the recovery programme now you can't change anything about what happens but you can tell 12 year old Ivana something what would you like her to know? Oh God um that's a very difficult question um, because it was such a like a, such a dark time and I, I say that in the book that it's not fair to say to people in pain that things are going to get better because mm. it's their present moment um, I don't know what I could say to comfort her really I, 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 I don't think there was anything to comfort her in that moment um, maybe just to, to keep to, to keep putting energy into into my dreams, that it won't it won't be a waste of effort. Um, yeah, so that's that's hard to answer. And it is. I think, I think that person, that young me, really just needed a hug, needed yeah. some compassion, and that was you know there was one girl in that center who who at that time was kind to me on that on one of those first days, and mm. and it, I just needed more of that. So I'd probably just try and be kind. Yeah. <laughs> 
I wish you the best of luck with this. I, I think that anyone, but anybody who reads this is going to find something to relate to in this book. I certainly have. Um, oh, I, I, thank you, and thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join me on the show uh, and, and, and the best of luck with it going forward. Well, thank you, Sinead. Thank you for, for taking the time to read it and to just um, not do the cliff notes. I really, really appreciate it. <laughs> not at all. The thanks a million. Ivana Lynch talking to me there earlier on. If you're affected by any of the issues that we were discussing, by the way, bodywise.ie is the place to go for more information. The book, The Opposite of Butterfly Hunting, The Tragedy and the Glory of Growing Up is available now. 11 to 1 on LMFM. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.